Hello, hello, and welcome back. So, today, I am recording this podcast live. Typically, I just have the audio going. Audio podcast is like us talking on the phone and catching up, and I feel like this video is like face-to-face, and I feel like this topic needs to happen face-to-face. Also, in full disclosure, I do have a sticky note taped on my phone, so I can't see who's joining us to keep me focused on the actual conversation. It's that important. Okay, so today we're talking about this concept of trust and how do you identify who you can trust? So this was kind of sparked because earlier today I was watching a live video conversation and they were talking about community and what does it look like to have people in your life who when the storms of life hit, they may bend but they won't break and they're going to remain and be steadfast. And so many people... I mean, I kid you not, were in the comments emotional because they were saying, I don't have anyone like that. I feel like I'm an island and I am handling life as best as I can, but I'm on my own. And that just really struck me because I think as much as we want to say that if we're experiencing that level of isolation, it's because, you know, there aren't people out there that we can trust and or we've been hurt before. And so we're just out here on our own at this point. But... I think it's more than that. I think once you've been hurt, you wonder, how do I now identify who are qualified candidates to be in that level of closeness in my life, who I can really lean on with the full weight of who I am, right? And I think that because of past hurt, some of us have stopped exploring what does it look like to qualify people as potential folks that we can really lean on. And so then we find ourselves wondering and looking up when hard times hit, well, who can I lean on? And at that point, it kind of feels like it's too late, right? Because how do you go out and look for help when you're in a vulnerable state, right? How do you go out and look for help when the needs are up here, they're at a 10, right? How do I go out and look for help when life has hit me and I really am at my wit's end? Because it's harder to kind of really filter out people at that point, right? And so I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's challenging. But the challenging, the other piece of that is I feel like when life hits, that's when we start assessing and looking around and saying, I'm on my own. When things are at a steady place, we find ourselves content in the isolation. But when life hits, we find ourselves frustrated and in conflict with the lack of support that we have, right? And so I want to explore this because not too long ago, that was my prayer. I was like, ah, God, I just, I need people. I need community. And I don't even know where to start. And the idea of looking and searching is overwhelming. Um, And I had realized that I had gotten to a place where even though there were people in my life, there was this wall that was preventing people from really getting to a space where I trusted them enough to lean on them. So they were present, but they weren't really in the thick of the challenges and the changes that were happening in my inner world because trust was at an all-time low. And it wasn't uh, attributed to them and their character, right? It was just me and where I was in my life based off of past experiences. And so I had to work on how do I identify who I can trust? How do I even go about saying this is a person that I can be vulnerable with? Because everybody has different roles in our lives, right? There are people who they are really great at giving us advice, but 
we don't really ever really tell them the full tea of the story. <laughs> we may tell them what the person did to us, but we don't, we're not going to disclose what our role was. <laughs> That's a different level of vulnerability to also show your flaws. And so there are roles and levels that, of, of letting people in that we have to even examine. It's not about looking for, and at least for me, I have determined that it's not about looking for one person who is my ride or die, my best friend. You know, it's not even about that. Although I do have that role and that role is taken. My sister has taken that role. But for me, I've realized that Letting people be exactly who they are and not trying to force them to fulfill every need in our lives is going to leave us so much more capacity to treasure who they are and to not be as frustrated. I think a lot of the the frustrations that we have in friendship is attributed to the fact that we're trying to force people to be our all in all when they don't have the capacity for that. Not because they're not a good person, not because they don't care about us, but because who they are is who they are. (laughs) And everybody has their strengths and their shadow sides. And so because we as people are on a forever continual journey of healing and becoming whole, we can't be anybody's everything. Like, I, I don't even think your partner can be your everything. Like, I know some people like that idea of I marry my best friend and they everything. I don't really believe in that (laughs) if I'm being honest I think everybody has a limit and so I think it 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 does us well when we allow ourselves to go out there and explore and interact with different kinds of people so as you're out there interacting and trying to figure out ooh, is this a person I can trust let's talk about it so two things that I have been really contemplating when it comes to identifying someone that I can trust I think it's their character and I also think it's their capacity, right? So I did take notes today. <laughs> I was mapping this out and really thinking hard about this. Okay, so character. I think character has a lot to do with someone's intention and their impact. So we gotta talk about this because sometimes you, you ever had that person who they hurt your feelings and you went for the apology and they was like, I'm sorry that you felt that oh, whoop, oops. <laughs> First of all, it's not you apologize. <laughs> You're not even acknowledging because they're so focused on their intent because they didn't intend to do you harm. They feel like that's enough. As long as my intentions were good, child, whatever the impact was. So I think you have to think about what is someone's intentions when they're dealing with you, but also what is what is the impact? How do you feel? And so I say that because As much as we want to extend grace to people, we have to also be conscientious of what stage and status we are in our healing journey, okay? Because sometimes we can only take five out of 10 of a certain level of interactions with people depending on how it impacts us. Because we're impacted based on our our past experiences, our perspective, um, even the level of proximity that that person has to us as far as how they, how much we go to them to understand more of who we are. And what, I, what do I mean by that? I mean that there are certain people in our lives that play a key role in helping us to shape and who we are and how we identify. Um, family, familial. For some of us, that ranks really high as far as how we try and understand who we are. 
for some of us not so much for some of us our friends have become family um for some of us our professions are more of a shaping factor than our families as far as who we are identify as but that's it, it changes for people so you have to think about one someone's intentions do they mean you kindness or are they kind of careless in their actions towards you right do they even care do they even prioritize you but also the impact so how do you feel when you are in their presence that matters too and yes Sometimes our feelings are shaped by our past experiences, our trauma, our pain, but you have to be mindful of how you feel and take that into account. What, what do you feel when you're in their presence? Do you feel safe? Do you feel comfortable? That is a factor. So when it comes to identifying who you can trust, character is part of that and intention and impact. Another piece of that is understanding that character is a compilation of how someone treats you, but also how they see and treat other people sometimes we like to think we're special <laughs> and so we're like you know what yeah that they're rude to that person over there but when they're with me it's different i'm sorry sis but you're not that special <laughs> people are who they are and there's going to come a time when they are going to lose their patience with you and they're going to treat you just like they treated everybody else okay because we can only keep up the act for so long um, I don't think that people compartmentalize as much as they really think they do, right? And so we do have to not only observe how they treat us, but how they treat the people around them. And somebody once said this, and I thought it was really good. How do they treat the people who can't do nothing for them? Yes. There are some people who they are able to treat people well because they know there's reciprocity in their relationship. But you need to also watch how they treat the people who they cannot give them a leg up and whatever is important and valuable to them. They can help them with their career, they can give them more money, they can you know, uh, help their reputation. How do they treat those people? All of that has to be taken into account when we talk about character, when we talk about identifying people you can trust. So the second piece of the puzzle when it comes to identifying who you can trust is their capacity. <sighs> capacity. So there are times when we recognize even within yourself, your capacity. I think I mentioned earlier about, you know, sometimes being able to take five out of 10. And then there are some seasons in life where we can take eight out of 10 from people. Have you ever had a really hard day where you came home and you had nothing left to give? Your energy was on E, you were spent, your coworkers wore you out. That affects your capacity. So you had a limited capacity, but for a short amount of time. So you came home and, you know, the way that people were responding to you, people being short with you or even asking or needing things from you, it irritated you because your capacity was minimal. It was a temporary time where it was minimal because it was just due to the stress at work. But that's what I mean when I talk about your capacity. And some of us, we have certain levels of emotional capacity, right? Where we're not able to be there for people who are going through really traumatic seasons of life because our emotional capacity is on E. And different things contribute to that. But being aware of that. Some of us have different mental capacities when it comes to like, you know what, this person is getting real too deep in the philosophy of all the things and I can't keep going and spiraling with them around why the sky is blue. <laughs> okay, so some of us, we, we, and we are stimulated by certain kinds of intellectual dialogue and pontification. But some of us, we are spent and tired and do not have the capacity for that. Recognize it. And then some of us have different levels of physical capacity as well. So 
being aware one of your own capacity but also being aware of the other person's capacity in different facets of life so when you come to somebody after having a hard day and you are ready to kind of share about that do they have the capacity to listen is their capacity limited temporarily or is this a continual pattern where they don't have time for me to talk about my day and then you have to ask yourself how much of a priority is it that this person is my go-to to unwind about my day because like I said earlier I don't really think that one person should be your all in all so maybe if your best friend is the person you can go to and kiki about the day or talk about what your co-worker did that was crazy then maybe you don't need that person to be that thing for you it would be nice but they don't have to because that spot and that role is already fulfilled um so identifying someone's capacity um i think sometimes we we want someone to be something for us and when they're not able to we start to put that in the category of they're not trustworthy because they don't ever listen about this or you know whatever so just being mindful that character capacity these two things play a key role when it comes to sometimes how we feel and filter um our thoughts about different people the other thing is identifying what you need right so I talked about you know maybe if you need somebody to come home to to talk about your day is it how important is that to you right and is somebody else already fulfilling that role or are you looking for a candidate a qualified candidate to fill that role so what are the things that you need on a regular basis to feel seen to feel fulfilled to feel satisfied to feel like you know you are not in this life alone everybody's answer to that question is different but you have to take time and assess what that is for you um and then start thinking about who is already filling that role or are you looking for candidates for that role um and when you meet people start assessing do what capacity do they have for those things that are on your need list right and with that you know people talk about having a diverse stream of income you should have a diverse streams of people who are meeting your needs okay because people are going to have times where like i said they may have limited capacity and it may be temporarily it may be seasonal if they are having a high stress season at their job that may be a quarter like for a quarter they just may not have the capacity to listen to you about your day that's okay if they usually do have time so just having that diverse stream of ways to get your needs met is important because we go through different seasons awareness so when we talk about capacity i think a key thing to consider when you're interacting with people is how aware are they of how they're showing up a life unexamined child if they are never really doing a self-assessment of themselves you might want to walk away <laughs> because to be the first person to start bringing to their attention that when they get irritated they have a temp a tendency to raise their voice you don't want to be the first one to ever call them out on that. So are they in a space where people are regularly raising their awareness about who they are and how they show up and how other people are experiencing them? And how do they respond and react to that? If you are the only one doing it, you got to ask yourself, you have the capacity to journey with them through that. So yeah, <laughs> capacity. And what kind of company do they keep? do are they hanging out and communing with people who are challenging them are they hanging out with people where they are used to getting their way are they hanging out with people where they are considered um i don't know i guess the most successful person in the group or are they surrounded by people who are challenging them to grow like there are a lot of 
things to consider when it talks about somebody's capacity because if they are used to being the successful friend and then you show up with all your credentials they could be intimidated by that so watch how they respond to that and then understand their response may be based off of the environments that they're in and what they are used to as far as the company that they keep and then ask yourself do you have the capacity to journey with them through them getting more grounded in their identity and not being intimidated you got to ask yourself that question. Teach his own. <laughs> okay. Another thing to talk about when, it, when we're talking about identifying who you can trust and how to identify if somebody is a good person or a good fit for you in your life is how do they handle conflict? And how do they handle conflict with you? So there are layers to that, right? So when they get mad, when they get upset, how do they talk to you? tone words how what kind of names do they call you i mean and it doesn't have to be a mean name they could call you a great name but just what kind of names do they call you and how different is it from when they're at a steady place um another thing to think about is child now i'm trying to read my handwriting i don't know what i said on this piece of paper <laughs> oh when you do things that they don't like how do they respond to that because that's the point of conflict, right? There may be things that you have as a hobby that you guys may not share. How do they respond when you prioritize that hobby? How do they respond when they suggest and give you advice and you do the exact opposite? I'm not saying you should do it just to see what kind of reaction they give you. But I'm just saying, observe when the moment naturally happens. I'm not a fan of testing people. But when that naturally happens and you feel that your convictions are leading you opposite of what they suggest, take a step back and see how they respond to that. So I think the biggest thing when it comes to this idea of letting people in and not letting fear and your past experiences be the filter that holds you back from trusting people because community is so essential. It's one of those things that we really can't do without. I mean, I think that we were born to connect with other people because they're like mirrors that show us ourselves and a life unexamined child, don't get me started. So you do wanna have people that allow you to see and understand yourself better. And I think that happens when you're with people who are different than you and who are similar. Um, and when you start to even mesh into their background, their family, their upbringing, and that even gives you greater context and space to reflect on, well, how did my family impact me? Because they came out this way. We had similar backgrounds um, as far as family dynamics, but yet they think this way. Well, why do I think that way? So the more that we intertwine our lives with other people, the more that we have space to really um, begin to understand ourselves better if we allow it to be that, that way. But with this, I think the biggest key when it comes to trusting other people is not really about do you trust the other person. I don't think the question that we really should settle into is, is this a good person for me? Can I trust them? I think at the end of the day, do you trust yourself? Because you have a gut feeling when you're with people. And how much attention and thought do you give to that? There are certain people that you are naturally comfortable with. And regardless of your own reservations that you have, you know, based on your personality and your experience and how expressive you are, deep down inside, when we are with people, there are certain people that we naturally feel comfortable with and certain people that we don't. 
And how much do you really listen to that? How much voice do you give yourself to, and space do you give yourself to say, I'm not really feeling this. <laughs> and how much do you trust yourself that if you decided to interact with somebody who was different and outside your comfort zone and that you went all in on a friendship, how much do you trust yourself that you'd be able to rebuild? I think at the end of the day, we are often scared of what we're going to lose if we trust somebody because we think we're giving them a piece of ourselves. And I like to think about it differently. I think that trusting someone and letting them into your world is part of this process of expanding our capacity because when you let them in, you're making space and room for them in your heart, in your mind, in your life. And when, if or when <laughs> they decide to let to leave or exit stage left, you now have that space that you made for them. It's still there, right? And that is greater capacity. It's not a loss. They don't, they don't take that with them unless you choose to close yourself off. And so that space can be filled with other things now that it now exists, right? Um, that space can be filled with new hobbies. That space can be just filled with new people. You can reposition people in your life to now go into that role that the other person was once in. Like there are just so many other ways to deal with the loss of a person in our lives. And I think that the biggest thing that keeps us from trusting other people is that we fear what we will lose if and when they leave. So I think at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, how do I grow in trust with myself, knowing that I can rebuild after loss, but also that I can repurpose the pain into something that is beautiful and has purpose and has life. So I hope that you've enjoyed this live podcast experience. <laughs> I am looking forward to getting back onto the phone and just talking audibly, but this has been fun seeing you face to face. Um, and again, as always, this is just a reminder that we are all just figuring life out. Nobody has all the pieces of the puzzle and you're not alone. If you have questions about life, if you are not sure which move is the right one to make, just know that everyone is at that space too. We are all trying to put the pieces together and just and praying and hoping that we're making the right one. But also along the way, remember to trust yourself that regardless of what move you make, you can repurpose and you can rebuild after loss. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>